0: Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here Monday through Friday as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's SOAP scripture. Download the current SOAP reading plan at fusionchurch.cc/soap. Well, good morning everybody. I hope you all are having a great Thursday morning uh so far um in a great week uh as we are heading into father's day coming up um which is uh i saw a weird video that said the study that father's day ranked like 20th on like most celebrated holidays of the year and it just like it, it, like people said that arbor day or something like that uh actually ranked higher than father's day on being celebrated um and I don't even know or remember what Arbor Day is. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know, but um, definitely I think if uh, if if you have a dad that has impacted your life, has bettered your life, has um, loved on you, has uh, taught you, uh, has done anything to uh, make you a better person, um, definitely make sure to celebrate dad this weekend. Um, and so... Uh, but today, we are going to be reading in uh, Joshua 13, and we're going to be listening to, of course, our Heavenly Father that is always so, so good, uh, and reading His Word today. Um, let's pray. Let's dive into it. We are in Joshua 13, uh, Joshua 13 again today. Um, and so let's pray. Uh, Father, we just come to you this morning uh, with open hearts and minds. Um Lord, just give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word. Uh, Let us see what you're doing here and what you have for us this morning. Um, May you just teach us today. May you instruct us today. May you guide us today. May you even convict us if need be today, Lord, uh, because we know that uh, your conviction is a sign of your love for us, that um, just like any parent, any father uh, that wants to raise their children well, uh, we also have to teach them and teach them when they do wrong. So, Lord, we know that it is a sign and is a part of your love. And so, Lord, we just we want all of it. We want uh, the good, bad, and the ugly of everything that you have for us, Lord, because we know it's all for our good and all for your will and all for your glory. Uh, Lord, I surrender myself to you that this be your word. Teach me even this morning as well, because uh, we are all your children. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. All right let's get into it today. Joshua 13, again, I'm reading out of the NLT, and um, we have a lot, a lot of town names and things in this one, Uh, and if you want to really know the real pronunciation, trust me, I do it perfectly, and I hope you hear the sarcasm. So, uh, Verse 1, when Joshua was an old man, uh, the Lord said to him, You are growing old, and much land remains to be conquered. This is the territory that remains all the regions of the Philistines and the uh, Gersherites, and the larger territory of the Canaanites extended from the stream of Sheor on the border of Egypt northward to the boundary of Ekron. It includes the territory of the five uh, Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, uh, Acalon Gath, Ekron, um, and Ekron, and the land of the Eveites in the south also remains to be conquered. In the north, the following area has not been conquered. All the land of the Canaanites, including uh, Merah, uh, which belongs to the Sidianites, or Sidians, um, stretching northward to uh, Aphek on the border of the Amorites, the land of the uh, and all the Lebanon mountain area to the east of Balgad uh, be- below Mount Hemron to Lebo Hemeth and all the hill country from Lebanon to Mishperetha Merim including all the land of the Sidians I myself will drive these people out of the land ahead of the Israelites so be sure to give this land to the to Israel as a special possession just as I have commanded you include all this territory as Israel's possession when you divide this land among the nine tribes and the half tribe of manasseh verse 8 half the tribe of manasseh and the tribes of reuben and gad have already received their grants of land on the east side of the jordan Moses who they bring up this situation again we'll talk about this one the servant of the lord had previously assigned this land to them the territory extended from error on the edge of the aryan gorge including the town in the middle of the gorge into the plain beyond uh as far as Dibon. it also included all the towns of king sion uh, of the Amorites, who had a, <clears throat> who had reigned in Hezbon, and extended as far as the borders of Ammon, uh, it included Gilead, the territory of the kingdoms of Gesher and Mecca, all the all of Mount Hamron, uh Hermon, oh, man, all of uh, Bashan, as far as. Uh, Shekel, and all the territory of King Od of Bashan, who had reigned in uh, Ashtoreh and Edrin. Uh, King Og was the last of Rephanites, for Moses had attacked them and driven them out. But the Israelites failed to drive out all the people of Geshur and Mecca, uh, so they continued to live among the Israelites to this day. I want you to make note of that. The Israelites failed to drive out the people. They failed to drive out the people, right? If we've read a lot of our Old Testament, we get an idea of like why that's not that good. Now, verse 14, Moses did not assign any allotment of land. To the tribe of Levi, instead, as the Lord had promised them, their allotment came from the offerings burned on the altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. The land given to Reuben here um, in verse 15, Moses had assigned the following area to the clans of the tribe of Reuben. Their territory extended from Aror on the edge of Aaron uh, Gorge, including the town in the middle of the gorge to the plain beyond uh, Mebia. It included Hezbon and the other towns in the plain. Devon, Bemoth, Beth-Bel-Melon, Jazir, (coughs) Kidamoth, uh, Mepeth, and a whole bunch of area. (laughs) The hill above the valley, beth Peor, the slopes of Pishka, and Beth-Jesimoth. The land of Reuben also included all the towns in the plain, uh, and the entire kingdom of uh, Sion. Sion was the Ammonite king who had reigned in Hezbollah and was killed by Moses along with the leaders of Midian, uh, Evi, uh, <coughs> Rakim, Zur, Hur, and uh, Reba, princes living in the region who were uh, aligned with Sion. The Israelites had also killed Um, Balaam son of Beor who used magic to tell the future remember Balaam right and his donkey and also Balaam that was uh, on the hilltops that was asked to curse Israel but could not God told him that uh, nothing but blessing over Israel Uh, remember that whole story but Balaam was wicked Um, so he was definitely taken out. Uh, the Jordan River, verse 23, the Jordan River marked the western boundary for the tribe of uh, Reuben. The towns and their surrounding villages in this area were given as a homeland to the clans of the tribe of Reuben. Okay. Uh, verse 24 Moses had assigned the following areas to the clan of the tribe of Gad. Their territory included Jazer, uh, all the towns of Gilead, and half of the land of Ammon, as far as the town of Aor. Uh, just west of Reba. It extended from Hesbion to Remeth, uh, Zip, uh, Bentona, <clears throat> and from uh, Minaren to the ter- territory of Lodabir, in the valley of Beth-Haram, uh, Beth-Nimra, uh, Sukkoth, uh, Zephon, and the rest of the kingdom of King Seor uh, of Hezbon. The western boundary ran along the Jordan River, extended as far north as the tip of the Sea of Galilee, and then turned eastward. The towns and the surrounding villages in this area were given as a homeland to the clans uh, of the tribe of Gad. The land uh, here in verse 29, then Moses had assigned the following area to the clans of half the tribe of Manasseh. Their territory extended from uh, Mahanim, including all of uh, Bashan, all the former kingdom of King Od, and the 16th towns of Jerah and Bashan. It also included half of Gilead and King Og's royal cities of Ashtoroth and Idri. Uh, <clears throat> all this was given to the clans of the descendants of Maker who was uh, Manasseh's son. Verse 32. These were the allotments Moses had made while he was on the plains of Moab across the Jordan River east of Jericho. But Moses had no allotment of the land to the tribe of Levi, for the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised that he himself would be their allotment. The word of the Lord. That was a mouthful. <laughs> okay. So real quick, geography, um, to get this kind of clear because uh, I know this doesn't <laughs> uh, this doesn't really get um, uh, a really good picture, right? Like for us, if you're decent at uh, geography in your mind, we can say North of Philly, South of Philly. you kind of get an idea where that is because we understand this geography over there. Uh, So basically, Reuben is on the southeast end. So uh, imagine the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River going up and down, and that is now their western boundary. Okay. It's meant to be the eastern boundary of all of Israel. Right? It's the Jordan River is meant to be the eastern boundary of all of Israel. But these two and a half tribes decide, uh uh. Remember, before they cross over, they tell Moses, This looks good. I'm going to stay here. We're good to go. My sheep are happy where they're at. This looks good for me and my family. I'm making my own decision. I'm making, I'm choosing now without even having seen anything else. I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to go deeper. I don't need to go further. I don't, I'm, my couch is here and I'm going to sit here. And that's what they keep saying, right? So here now, instead of it being the Eastern boundary, like God's plan was for them, it's now their Western boundary. And so you have Reuben, that's on on the Southeastern side of the uh, Jordan there. They're on the south. You've got Gad in the center, and then the other half tribe of, or excuse me, um, Gad's a little bit northern, and then you have um, Manasseh a little bit higher up. So it's these three uh, groups of Israel are just saying no, and they're outside of here now. This does not pan out well in the course of history uh, for these two and a half tribes. This does not pan out. This shows in a way of, I'm gonna just do it halfway. I'm just gonna halfway through life. And there's also another half saying um, that I'm not gonna say on here, but we say it all the time. Uh, in our society, of doing something halfway. And that doesn't ever pan out well. That doesn't really give us the full protection that God had planned, that God had uh, already designed for you. They are wanting to say, I think I'll take second best. We're good to go here. I don't need to press on any further. I'll help everybody else, but I'm good back here. My spirituality doesn't need to go any deeper. I don't need to press in any further. I pray in the morning and I'm good to go. I'm just going to, I'm going to like halfway step into this full Christian thing. But I'm going to also stay back here where I can do what I want. And I'm going to play both sides of the fence. This is a little bit of their attitude. This is what we're seeing. And it doesn't play out well in history for them. They get beat up the most by all the surrounding enemies. They get beat up the absolute most because they are outside of God's original border. They are outside of God's original plan. There, I'm going to tell you right now in God's world, there is no second best. There's no second best to settle for. God has His will and His best for your life, and that's it. There's no, I'm going to play both sides of the fence. I'm going to do a little church thing on Sunday, and then I'm going to do me all the other days of the week. This is where it's like, no. no, no, no. God doesn't have second best for you. He only has his will and his best for your life. Second best is saying no to God's best. Second best is saying no to God's best. Every yes that we say yes to is also a no to something else in our life. And every no is also saying, is giving us room to say yes to something else. And so we have to choose our yeses and our noes very appropriately in our life to understand what we are doing. And this is one of them where these two and a half tribes are saying, I'm not going to go with what God has been holding my ancestor through for 40 years to get to. We're good to go on this side. of Now, this was what we call the permissive will. And actually, Moses made the decision to say, fine, you all want to be foolish. I'm going to let you be foolish. Here's some permissive will for you. And here's your outline of your areas. And in compromise, you have to send uh, this is back in numbers, remember? And he's saying, you have to send your army though to come fight for all of Israel. And then you're going to go back to your choice, to your specific choice instead of going with what God has for you. And they go back. Now, (laughs) just a little, hey, that's not necessarily probably the best thing for all of us. This is not a lesson for us to be like, oh, look at them. They got land anyway. Yeah, it it doesn't work out well in history. It doesn't work out. Right now, they're like, we got what we want. Yeah, who's ever said, hey, I got what I want. And then... Maybe a week down the road, a month down the road, maybe it's even a year or two later, you go, man, that was a bad decision. Man, I regret doing that one. I knew I should have done this, but I settled for that and my settlement did not work out very well for me in my life. Don't settle for what you think is second best. Continue to push on for God's best in your life. Continue to push on for what God's will is for your life. Continue to push deeper into a more intimate relationship with our Lord. Continue to press in to His work. Continue to press in to others around you to deepen and strengthen your uh, part of the body of Christ with everybody else around you. Continue to press in. When it gets messy, because we're in that series right now, Messy Life, Messy Church. When it gets messy, who do you want to be with? More messy people that don't know the Lord or messy people that at least will pray with you, that at least will come together and go, let's consult the Lord. Let's not consult garbage. Let's consult the Lord on how to handle this messy bit. Let's consult uh, each other in prayer and lifting and building each other up. Because I'm gonna tell you, yes, life will get messy. Life got messy for Israel no matter where they were. But it's better when you're in tight-knit community praising God, than being outside on the other side of the river going, I don't know what to do now. Stick with those that want to lift you up and point you to God's best. God is faithful. We see this faithfulness. We see this actually in like, there's this pattern in Joshua where they go into a battle. They're like, uh okay, we go into this battle and then guess what? Through the battle, we see the faithfulness of God in that battle. And then out of that, then there's still a level of we have to overcome some temptation. We've got the victory. We see the faithfulness, but guess what? Temptation hits us. And we either... Push it off, or we fall into it. And then, so they overcome the temptation, they get occupation, and then they receive their inheritance. Now, their inheritance here is all geographical-based. Their inheritance is all earthly, geographical-based here on earth. We have a much better inheritance. We are in a New Testament church we are uh here as we get the inheritance of the lord we see how one it's brought up twice in here that the levites didn't get any property they later they just get towns um to live in and they get a little bit of land and that's actually like a a gift from each of the tribes uh, around so the levites actually have a home and, and they have some place to live, but they don't get a giant property uh, of land to save for themselves. They're more like, if you will, renting from Judah. They're renting from uh, the other tribes around them uh, just to have a home and some uh, area for their for their um, for their cattle and their sheep and stuff. Right. So uh, but they don't get anything that's really, truly designated for them to govern on their own. Um they have the inheritance of the Lord. We ourselves, we ourselves, we have the inheritance of Christ. We have the inheritance that Christ has given us. If we go into Hebrews um, chapter nine here, and I'm going to start in the middle of verse 14. For by the power of the eternal uh, spirit, Christ offered himself as God as a perfect sacrifice for our sin that is why he is the one who uh, mediates a new covenant not the conditional one where you had to follow the covenant and then i'll protect you if not then hey guess what you're we see israel going up and down up and down up and down on this covenant all the time this is here who uh, mediates a new covenant between god and people god jesus is our mediator now this is New Testament context for us that we don't have to sit there and worry about a lot of what they're going through because God is our mediator. God is our high priest, Jesus Christ himself, so that all who are called to receive the eternal inheritance, God has promised them. We see that they inherited um They got an inheritance through the old covenant, and it primarily dealt with land, it primarily dealt with um, what they had to do on earth. But we have a greater inheritance that they got physical geography, we get eternal geography, we get the inheritance of eternal geography in heaven with the presence of our God. We have a better inheritance we get to grow deeper with that so because of that as we saw in what we have going on here where there's a battle and then through the battle they see the faithfulness of god we see it even better even more so because we go into a battle not for but from a place of victory man we've been saying this actually a lot it's been in in sermons it's uh, lately we have been trying to hammer this home that when you are going into a battle, when you're going into a situation, when you are going into something that is just like, I don't know, you need to understand that you are coming from a place of victory. If you are a child of God, if you have proclaimed that Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior, if you are part of this, this family as a body of Christ, guess what? You are fighting from victory already. But unfortunately, we as humans, as our own mind, when we're in that battle, we kind of go, is, when is God's faithfulness going to come? Is it going to happen in this moment? Is this going to pan out well for me? Well, has God been faithful before? Has God been faithful even before you were born? Has God been faithful with his word? Yes and amen. So never have that doubt of whether the faithfulness is coming. The only question is, is when. The only question of God's faithfulness is when. It's when is his timing. And of course, that's the only part that maybe we get a little impatient with. But you know it's coming because his faithfulness is yes and amen. His faithfulness is yes and amen because we already fight from victory. The victory's been had. The only reason for the battle now is a lesson to be learned. It's a lesson for us to be learned because the victory's there. And how soon are we going to get it? That's on His timing. But you know that that's coming. And we see that it does. Because of Jesus, because of his blood, we get to see this. Now, I'm kind of working backwards in here. And we see this, like, little bit of funniness in the beginning. Uh, at verse 1, when Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, bro, you old. I'm like, right? He goes, you are growing old. Or uh, in other translation, just says, you are old, man. You know, It just, it, God just... <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. I'm old, all right? You know when an eternal being that is self-existent, that is just there, that has been there uh, eternally past and eternally uh, future and eternally present, uh, all three of those is saying, you old? Man, that is the epitome of knowing you are old. (laughs) But here's the point. He not only just says, bro, you're old, and much land remains to be conquered. You still got work to do. There's this thing that, guess what, the Bible never talks about? It's called retirement. Guess what? There's no biblical retirement. Pastor John likes to sometimes joke and say he's in retirement, yet he's one of our elders. That guy's not in retirement. He's just a change of jobs. He's just a change of mission from what he was doing. But he is still faithful to the kingdom. He is still faithful to what God is calling him to do. He is still faithful in discipling and raising people up. He is still faithful in what God's mission is for him on his life. Pastor John is definitely not in retirement. He may call it that. That may be an earthly term for uh, the way he gets to live his life right now. But guess what? He's not in retirement. And there really is no such thing as retirement other than earthly death. That is it. When you retire, God will retire you and you get to come to glory. But there is no real retirement. And I know some of us are like, but I'm saving up for retirement but I got a nest egg, but I got a plan to do all these cruises and everything. Guess what? You are going to be a missionary on those cruises. You are going to be a missionary and all the fun stuff you get to do when you retire from your uh, paid job, but you are still on God's time. You are still on God's mission. As long as you are breathing his sweet, blessed air, you are in God's kingdom working for him. And uh, man, what a glory it is to do that. And it, it is, it's something that fulfills us, right? It's something that builds us up. It's something that continues to just uh, fulfill us in our lives. Because I've seen this happen even in my own dad when he quote unquote retired, right? He one retired in the ar- out of the army when I graduated high school. And really all his retirement was, was he got out of the army and his army job at the state department, they just recontracted him as a civilian. And he just, instead of going in and camouflage, he went in in a business suit. And, and then he, then he stayed at the state department for uh, many other years and then retired. I think it was like maybe six years ago now, seven years, something like that. But there was a lot, like this level of transition in quote unquote retirement that he was like, what do I do with myself? And there's something that's saying that that's not what God talks about here. God's saying that, you, hey, yes, you old. Yes, you've done a lot. Yes, you have plenty of experience. Yes, you may have less hair to worry about. Or maybe more, depending. Maybe it's just more in different part. I don't know, whatever. But it's just like, hey, I don't care what you think. I got more for you. There's land to be conquered. There's enemies to fight. There's goodness to be done. There's work in my kingdom. I still have for you. You are still meaningful. You still have purpose. You still have function. You still can do a good work, regardless of what age you think you're at, regardless of what capabilities you think you do or don't have, regardless of whatever it is, I don't care about your ailments. I don't care about uh, your issues. I don't care about all that because guess what? You are still purpose-filled. You are still functioning. You are still able to speak my good word and tell other people of my goodness. You still have a purpose in my kingdom as long as you breathe my sweet air. No matter What things we want to say, God always has the final say. And many of us sometimes, and that seems to be a thing in our culture now, is one, it just seems like the younger don't respect the elder, where we should be listening and learning from them. That is the job of the older, is to teach the younger, to give that experience and wisdom downward and for us to listen upward but why why does our older culture also feel like there's no there's no more purpose anymore and we see this in in uh that immediate stage of retirement for a lot of people that, that they're like what what is what do I they're like men don't we need like some kind of meaning in our life uh right and and ladies too and there's something that When some part of our life, like work or um, our career or whatever it is, and I I see moms actually do this when all their kids have left the nest, and they're like, wait a minute, am I still significant? And I'm here to tell you, regardless of what seasonal change you're going through, doesn't mean you lose your value, doesn't mean you lose your purpose, doesn't mean you lose how effective you are and what God is calling you to do. It just changes. There's different seasons, but you are not retired from the kingdom. I'm here to tell you today, you have purpose. You have meaning. God has a calling on your life for something. Tap into it. I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you are old to where God even recognizes you're old or you're middle age or you're young or uh, you're just starting out in life as uh, we are waiting on my third son right now, uh, you know, or third kid and second son. Uh, Whether you are starting in life or about to end life, as long as you are breathing his sweet air, you have purpose in the kingdom of God. Don't let that go. Don't let that go. And so as we end today, I hope that this encourages you to always maintain in following what the Lord has for you. Don't go for second best. Go for God's best. Because you have purpose. You have meaning. No matter what stage you're in, God has something great for you. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, you even just um, calling Joshua old today. Just how funny that is. Just like even you, Lord, how eternal you are. You're never ending. And yet you, you recognize him as being old. And how in a way we at surface level, we laugh at that. But Lord, we see how ultimately you're saying that as long as you are here, I have you here for a purpose because you are that sovereign, Lord. That I, you don't, it's not over until you say it's over. It's not done until you say it's done. So Lord, as long as we are here, may we serve you. As long as we are here, may we praise you. As long as we are here, may uh, we rejoice in your name and point others towards you. May we tell others of all the beauty of your kingdom, uh, your purpose, of your will, of your peace, of your love, of your healing, Lord. Of your provision of your grace and your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus that has given us this, not a land or geography inheritance, but a heavenly inheritance with you, an eternal inheritance with you, a greater and more meaningful inheritance because of your son Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you. I pray a blessing over everybody uh, listening right now. May you just be with them and guide them, Lord. May you just continue to uh, just lay your hand over them and whatever is going on in their life. Lord, we just love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a great one, everyone. Love you all. Take care. We'll see you this weekend. We have so much going on with Father's Day. We have baptisms as well. So you know I get excited for those. Um, as as such a great celebratory thing to do uh, on Father's Day. Uh, And there's ice cream sandwiches out there at EHT. So you won't want to miss it. And I know uh, Cumberland County has something special for you guys as well. So you won't want to miss it. Get out there. Uh, We'll see you and celebrate those dads that have impacted your life and uh, lifted you up. Take care. God bless. See you all then.